This episode is brought to you by New Balance. You don't have to be an elite athlete when you pound the pavement. Whether you've run five marathons or you only run when necessary, whether you're chased by bears, zombies, monsters, the apocalypse is coming. But New Balance will have you covered regardless. Whether you need shoes for comfort, stability, or race day speed, they've got you covered. Because the only right way to run is your way. New Balance. Run your way. Visit newbalance.com slash running to learn more. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Hello and welcome to Go My Favorite Sports Team, the number one podcast in our hearts. Yes, right here. And pretty soon in the world. And we're here to give you the inside scoop. I hear it. One uh, the, from an indisclosed source that someone that we know was on the inside to get a deeper look at into all the fights and all the things that went behind the scenes at Creator Clash 2. I feel like that was you. You were the pre and post show. You don't disclose your sources. Are you oh, oh, sorry, sorry. Painting a big target on. If if it was me, I'm not saying it is me. Yeah, knows yeah. Everything that went on there. Uh, <clears throat> but someone we know does. Someone but before. Hmm? Someone. It's someone. definitely someone. But before we get into that, welcome to Go My Favorite Sports Team, the sports podcast that uh, bridges the gap between non-sports knowers like myself and sports knowers like me. Yeah, so one of us likes sports, one of us hates sports. Who's the one? Wait, one of us hates sports? One of us. Just like the undisclosed source, we're not going to name names. Yeah, yep. Ugh. No names. No naming names. But you know who doesn't hate sports? Uh, uh, the sports. No. Me! That's who. So <laughs> I... <laughs> I was doing the pre-show and post-show at Creator Clash, which is a story in and of itself. Not many people know that I came directly from filming to fly in the day of the event at yeah. a 6 a.m. flight and then leave. I had to get up at 4 a.m., go to a 6 a.m. flight, get over there. Amy and I both did, and then we get to the or like hotel, and then it's an hour until we got to go to the arena for the rehearsal, and then we're in there, and then we got to do the pre-show, and then we also had to stay the latest. So we were there earliest, latest, and then the next morning flight was also at 6 a.m. Yeah, you, you, were, you were gone super early the next day. Yeah, and we had to, it was still up until like 1 a.m. the night before because we just couldn't escape it. Uh, funny thing about that, after the post show, they got us down from the crowd and then they were just like, all right, be free. And we were left, me and Sean were left wandering around inside the arena being like, where do we go? And oh. everyone was already gone. Are you serious? Point. You were just you two alone in the arena. Yeah, we were, well, not alone. They were breaking everything down. So all these other workers were there who were disassembling like the stage and the ring, getting all the chairs out of there and setting things up so it can be a hockey arena again. And we were just wandering around because we went to that VIP uh, bar area in the back because that's where we were told. Um, that's where Amy and, and our significant others were like, and friends were just like, yeah, we'll meet you there and then we'll all leave together. And we got there and we go through the doors into there. 
and there's no one there, and then the doors click and lock behind us. So we can't even go back in that way that we came in. And so we're just like, what do, what do, what do we do? And there was one dude that came around the corner. He was still cleaning up in there. And we're like, hey, these doors locked. How do we get out of here? And he goes like, those doors locked? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> he just was like, uh, well, I don't really know. I got to figure that out, though, because I don't know how to get out now. <laughs> oh, like, my God. <laughs> and he was just an employee there. Uh, but we ended up going out through into the arena itself. And then we looped back around and then we got to the back entrance that way. And that's where there were still buses there. So we got on there. There's okay, a few that's fighters good. that were still waiting. That's still a wild adventure wandering through the arena and everything. It was a bit of a surreal thing. I mean, we've been backstage of stages, but like an arena like that is much bigger. But it's just it's the same thing at a different scale. Mm -hmm. um so easier to get lost in but man they were just like very much just like because amy said that she was trying to tell the people who work there they're like no we gotta wait because um like our boyfriends are up there doing the post show we need to wait for them so they can get out of there okay and they're like okay what are you their mothers like what is are they just <laughs> children it's like Jesus Christ, it, it, no one at the arena had any idea how to handle like creators and even yeah. realize that we might have followings of our own and people might be a little bit rabid just as they would for any other performer mm -hmm. at the arena. Uh, so it's it's not that like I think that my fan base is dangerous or anything like that. It's not, it's not so much that, but just like that many people, it can get out of hand and it can cause issues. Yeah, yeah. The funny, the funny thing, you talk about that. When I got back to that VIP lounge, I had to take my meds. I was a little bit late on my meds because of that and all the bars and everything were closed. So I'm talking to like six different people that work at the arena. Like, I, I don't know how to get water. Maybe there's a water bottle back there. And I'm like, yeah, there's no drinking fountain. There's I'm like, how do I get water? I have to take my meds. Like somebody please help. It took probably like 15 minutes of talking to like five different people before somebody eventually was like, uh, just wait here. And then it took them another 10 minutes before I got my cup of water. Yeah, no, it was a, it was a little bit haphazard there and things were a little chaotic because I, I'm, I'm assuming that it was the same thing where they operate under the assumption that the vast majority of these people can just go up into the crowd. And, and for sure, like many creators could, like that's no problem at all, but it, it just becomes a hassle going back and forth. And our booth was just like one bare rope away from everyone else. So, uh, mm -hmm. but everything was fine. We got out of there fine. It was an enjoyable experience while we were there, but that travel... That travel was a doozy. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I luckily got the the extra time to get there early and then leave late, so I got to go to the gala and that part, which unfortunately you missed the Getty Images walk red carpet and the karaoke and yeah. the chaos that was um, the TBD, the guy who fought Chris Reagan. I forget his name off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, he, he hopped on stage and interrupted the show. Uh, of this comedian that they paid to come on for entertainment. And he was mm. like, I only got five seconds of highlight screen time. Harley was up there for like a full minute. And I'm like, man, dude, they grabbed clips in the heat of the moment. And you're complaining because you got five seconds on the, the little highlight. lasted reel. around and a half. Yeah. Was he actually mad? Was he yes. actually mad? <laughs> it's It seemed like it. Oh, he didn't wow. like get really mad, but he... I think he had a little too much to drink and he stepped up on the stage. But then uh, the comedian was like, um, I feel like I'm on an episode of Jerry Springer right now. Like, 
He just ran with it and he brought Chris Ray Gunn up and they had a whole beef and he was like, he feels like he's part of the Oompa Loompa Brigade and like made a whole bunch of jokes and he was just like intermediary and he's like, anybody else want to come up here and air their grievances? Oh man, that is, uh, that it is very really silly. funny. It is, it's like, I hope that he understands that I fought for everyone to get highlight time. They, they wanted to keep all of the previous fights from the uh, main event super truncated so that we'd be uh -huh. like boof 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 but i was like no everyone gets their due and uh, the reason that there wasn't enough highlights is because the fight lasted a round and a half but we <laughs> will get to that fight because yeah. we're going to break down all of these things so there physically was not that much to highlight <laughs> right right yeah anyway. no it was really funny though because the comedian just leaned into it and ran with it all right that's fair then that's fair this episode is brought to you by New Balance. You don't have to be an elite athlete when you pound the pavement. Whether you've run five marathons or you only run when necessary, whether you're chased by bears, zombies, monsters, the apocalypse is coming. But New Balance will have you covered regardless. Whether you need shoes for comfort, stability, or race day speed, they've got you covered. Because the only right way to run is your way. New Balance. Run your way. Visit newbalance.com slash running to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. You know, all those subscription websites, they just hide those charges from you. They're hidden and repetitive and you forget about them. Oh, I know exactly which websites you're talking about. The ones that you like to go to. You do? I've literally spent so long digging through my finances. Rocket Money can help cancel your subscriptions. You're saying Rocket Money is a personal finance app that helps and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so you can grow grow your savings? Absolutely, yes. With Rocket Money, I have full control over my subscriptions and a clear view of my expenses? Uh-huh, yeah. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lower bills for me? Up to 20%? Maybe. But for our listeners, definitely yes. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash sportsteam. That's R-O-C-K-E-T-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash S-P-O-R-T-S-T-E-A-M. That's rocketmoney.com slash sports team. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. All right, so uh, let's get into this. Tyler's a little sick. Uh, thankfully, yeah. I avoided any illnesses that would. Occur. I was worried about you. <laughs> Honestly, um, I was. Trust me, I was trying to take every precaution I could, um, and that was one of the other things where I was like, "Oh man, it couldn't keep this a little more separated because it's just like you, nothing like a thousand people breathing on you." Mm -hmm. um, but I got out of there. I seem to be okay. I've been taking a lot of like. <laughs> lot of immunity drinks and concoctions that people have been shoving in my hand on set so i've been a-okay uh but we're gonna get into this so that tyler can go rest first fight up jack manifold versus dakota olave olave i think it's olave 
They were supposed to get me phonetics of people's names, and then they didn't, so we were left to our own devices of guessing. I don't yeah. think anyone's going to be too offended about this. Well, Jack walked out to, like, representing his country. They were playing, like, the England March. I don't remember what it is. It's it's a royalty-free song, but I've heard it in all kinds of movies, and they were sporting the, the, the British flag. And so he was like, I'm going to rep country. And mm-hmm. then Alave came out. Uh, to some music that I didn't recognize at the time. I wouldn't. I I have no idea what their music was. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't paying attention to that. Yeah, but when they got into the ring, the craziest part was like Jack came out throwing and was definitely the aggressor in the fight, but he bled everywhere. That that guy bleeds. Yeah, that's one thing you say about Jack Manifold. He bleeds, but also he wins because he won his fight. He was the underdog in that fight. Um, and I think a lot of people were surprised. And this is what I said in the post show is just like, yeah, I don't want people to forget these early fights just because they were earlier and they're far from the main event. It was like, it was just as exciting. It, it, it set the tone. And I think we talked about in the pre-show analysis. It set the tone for the night and it did. Yep. And it was a lot more concentrated effort. You know, it was a lot more focus on getting the technicals right and boxing uh and not just being a slugfest not that there weren't slugfest fights which there were but yes that was definitely one of them yeah and that went the went the distance and was a unanimous decision for jack um but there was blood in the arena for the rest of the night because of that he he broke his nose actually after the event i met his parents which was really funny apparently he has a, a family member that's a boxer so like boxing is not kind of a foreign thing to them Mm -hmm. well that's good to hear all right so the next fight, I believe, was it Jay LaRay? Yes, it was Jay LaRay um, versus Abelina Sabrina. Who, smiling Abelina Sabrina, who I believe never dropped. Wait, who, wait, was it? Yeah, it was Sabrina that was the smiler. Just like constantly yep. beaming, taking a hit and just, yeah, ha just like enjoying every minute of it. That was such a fascinating fight because you would see Sabrina just like, and then oh, yeah. return with like bunny punches of like bah, 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 trying to get like a numerical advantage but i don't even know if the judges would score some of those punches um but it was it was a it was a fun fight i did enjoy that one a lot because both fighters walked away you know all right you know not super injured um and just like it was a show of skill for jay Ray mm-hmm. to get in there and show some technical skill and it's not like abilene sabrina was not boxing of course she was she was a fighter got in the ring just like everyone else yeah um, love the mini mouse performance there uh it's just like an overall fun fight yeah jay Ray definitely was the aggressor and kind of steamrolled um having a slight height advantage and reach advantage but definitely came in uh more fine-tuned in the the technical aspects of boxing yeah absolutely next fight we had the big anticipated fight that a lot of people were dying for we had dad versus a b a b coming in to avenge Matt Watson for yep. his first round, 17-second knockout in the first round uh, last year. And he came in, and he came in strong. But also, Dad came in strong. We cannot forget about that. Yeah, Dad, Um, this was the first punch where you physically could hear. And it was the instant that it was probably the punch that ended up ending this fight was a body shot to the rib. And you could hear the smack of that glove on AB's body. It like rang through the arena. Obviously, we were close to the ring, but like you could hear that punch and it sounded vicious. Yeah, it was pretty crazy to see that. And and I said it in the post show as well, but it's like I knew that 
going into that, you would train specifically, so specifically to try to counter the onrush that dad was going to unleash. Because everyone knew he was going to come out and he was going to come out swinging, going for the rafters with his punches, all the energy, try to like get that intimidation out there first and early. And then I was so pleased to see AB just fighting back, countering it, not yep. just taking it. As soon as, uh, as soon as dad got within his guard and his reach, he started just like wailing. I saw some good lefts coming in there right to dad and it rocked dad pretty well he was yeah he was feeling that and it was like that's what we needed to see versus the previous years like dad to feel some punches and like get that advance checked yeah and it looked like that could have kept going but i think once ab sat down he really felt that that hit to the rib um he mm -hmm. looked really good there were some really good counters dad still kind of lowered his guard as he was swinging I, I was really hoping that one could have lasted, but unfortunately, for safety reasons, it makes sense that they kind of stopped that fight because of that hit to the rib. Yeah, and I don't know if it was a broken rib. I don't know if it was a bruised rib. I don't know if like anything like that. But for me, and I said this a million times, it's just like it's an exhibition for yep. charity. There is no reason to get permanent damage on anything for going this fight. That fight was entertaining. It was exactly what people wanted. Dad coming out fast and furious and then like ooh, but he's fighting back you know and so i think it was a very entertaining match and it was like it was kind of the uh the shot of adrenaline it was so frantic and and just like instantaneous that it just brought a lot more uh energy back into it because i'm not saying the first two fights weren't energetic or interesting but it's like they were definitely more paced it was a lot of blood in the first one and there was a yep. lot of uh one-sidedness in the second one this is the first one where it's like ooh, there is a fight going on this is this is a battle where they're both giving it their all and you could see it and i thought it was really entertaining i will say i did talk to ab after the fact it was a really badly bruised rib he ended up getting out um and getting x-rays and everything after the event and i saw him um later that night and he was i mean he was still nursing it because it hurts but it mm -hmm. was uh badly bruised yeah badly bruised so no no shame in any of that it's i appreciated all of it Next, we had uh, Chris Raygun versus William Haynes. This is uh, mm -hmm. William Haynes was the one I was talking about that hopped on the stage. He was TBD before this event. Oh, right, right. That's why he's a DB. I was like, is that his, yeah. is that his name? I thought I couldn't have sworn that no, was his No, no, it was to be determined. I, I didn't know who it was. When we did the pre-show, we didn't know who was uh, stepping in against Chris Raygun. Last minute addition, obvious height disadvantage for Chris, yeah. obvious weight disadvantage for Chris. And, and to William's credit, like he dropped weight. He said he dropped like 14 pounds in three weeks was that it i don't know he said he was like dropping a pound a day yeah something like that very close uh which is uh quite a lot of strain to put on the body that's not yeah. easy to do for anybody uh so for his uh like commitment to try to come in here and make it as fair as possible like huge huge commendations for that however i said this in the pre-show and i'll say it again here I think that fight was called early. Yeah, yeah. Um, part of that might have been because Chris Raygun punched the uh, the ref in the back of the head accidentally. Um, no, that's not <laughs> why it was called. Like she was flying in, yeah. waving it off before she got thwonked in the ear, and I think that also shows why it was called a little early because. I don't think Chris usually when in a fight like that they will call it early if it seems like a fighter is defenseless is mm -hmm. unable to defend themselves and in doing so it just risks endangering them i don't think that's what chris is what was in that state he seemed to be taking a beating from williams at that time or william yeah. at that time but that doesn't necessarily mean that he was out of the fight or completely 
unable to defend himself. His arms were still up, blocking himself. And then it's just because there was the height disadvantage that it mm-hmm. might have looked like a perspective of he was just like taking a walloping. Uh, but then again, so was Sabrina. Sabrina was taking a walloping yeah. for 90% of that fight. And yet, you know, the fight continued. I don't think Chris was in any danger. He was moving very quickly. So when he was able to get within the guard, he was landing some pretty yeah. good hits to the side with that right. I think it was the right. He definitely had a major reach disadvantage. So a lot of his mm. early swings were missing. But when he got in close, he was landing some pretty good solid hits. And they were not weak hits either. Um, no. So who knows what could have happened? I still don't know if it would have been enough to win, especially on points. He was definitely taking a lot more hits. Uh, so if it would have gone to distance, I th- still think Hank would have come out on top just based on the performance of the early rounds and mm-hmm. going forward. Uh, it, I, but again, like I said, exhibition, charity. Yeah. No need to run any risks. It's all for fun. And I know these fighters going in there, it's not just for fun for some of these people, but for the crowd's fun and entertainment. And that's what's, what makes it. Although I would have liked to see a little bit more. Yeah, that was that was the first time though we saw the official get hit. And I think they got hit a couple other times throughout. But mm. Yeah. Um, next, we had the uh, the matchup between Alana Pierce and Mika. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a very fun match. Almost even on all stats across the board, weight, height, very even matchup. Two very different styles of fighting that yep. went the distance. It was very good to see. And it was also just like, that was the first one that was like really hard to watch because it's like two people you know. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, go. I don't know who to cheer for. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, uh, everyone wins, I guess. Uh, I um, will say um, Mika landed twice as many power punches as um, Alana. And yeah. it, was a, it was the only split decision of the night. So it was a close call. Mm. I honestly think Mika was dominating early and Alana came back in the later rounds and really showcased landing more and more punches that really evened it out to make it a harder decision. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I saw like Mika was adapting and trying to change up her style. Meanwhile, Alana rock solid, just like wall (laughs) of glove and is waiting for the opportunity because Mika's strategy was like, come in, land a big hit. She would get that big hit in, but then she would pay for it on the retreat with a lot more quantity wise mm-hmm. punches. And so that was like the exchange back and forth. So I could I could see it like with a judge from a certain perspective might not see the power in the hit, might have think it was off a of glove more. However, I was seeing like, okay, Mika is landing some of these hits and, and they're definitely like being felt. Uh and so yeah, this could have gone either way. I think the the split decision is right. That was yeah. the only way it could have come down because either one of them could have come up with a winner and it would have been like, yeah, that made sense. And you would justify it one way or another. Yeah, I, that was the first one where I was like, of all the fights we had watched, that you had no clue who was going to win. Yeah, I would say that. I would say, like, if Mika uh, had her power punches enough that Alana went down once, like, yeah. obviously that that's a point and it would have skewed the entire thing differently. So, like, I get the, like, twice as many power punches. Some people, I don't know how judges score it in the absolute nitty-gritty of it all, but, yeah, it's, it's, it is very subjective of who controlled that match. I think yeah. that's how it goes. Yeah. Now, I missed the majority of this next fight because I had to go get some water and use the bathroom. And I came mm-hmm. out and the one part I saw was when Hundar got knocked down by Myth. That was all I saw. So, yeah, this Myth versus Hundar fight, it was a great fight. It really was. You had Myth, fast, quick, longer reach. You had yep. Hundar, big, tough, a wall. 
they were both showboating. It was a very entertaining fight in that regards. And it's another one that is like, I wish I could have seen more, but this one, I totally understand. Yeah. Like Hundar, uh, let me just triple check that he has said it himself before I say anything. Oh yeah. He posted about it. Um, okay. He did post about it. Yeah. About his, about his arm. Yeah. So yeah, he, uh, he got hurt. Unfortunately, he tore his bicep. I saw it from the ring. I saw it in after round one ended. Because, yeah, Hundar got knocked down, but he was not out of the fight from that. His his head was totally fine. He was stable, and he was able to keep going. But his his bicep was just all bunched up right here. And I, I saw that from a distance. I was like, oh, that's not good. Even before they called the fight, I was just like, oh, fuck. That's bad. When did that happen? Was it when he went down, or did it happen before he got knocked down? It's hard to say. It seems like he it, 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 seems like it didn't even register in pain for a while. Uh, uh-huh. So it could have happened at any time. I imagine it happened towards the end of it. Either he took a hit directly to the bicep, or he overextended, or he as he was falling, like landed funny. Uh, any number of ways it can happen. This is like the tendon just fails, and that just means the muscle kind of just squeezes up like it snaps like a spring, and it's not unrecoverable. I would have liked to see that fight going because it was like it was going very well. It was a very entertaining fight, and I, Hundar is obviously tough enough. If he can almost shrug off his bicep being torn, then yeah. But Myth did perform very admirably. I think in the first round, Myth definitely took that round. But, you know, who knows? He took some hits as well, so anything could have happened, but that is what happened. This next fight, I believe I mispronounced Marisha's name in the pre-show, so apologies for mispronouncing it. But it was Haley Sharp uh, against Marisha Ray. Mm -hmm. And this fight went the distance, and Haley looked sharp. Like, Mm -hmm. insanely sharp. Probably, in Uh... my opinion the most technical boxer that we saw throughout the night the way her head was moving the way she was she was punching the way she was moving keeping keeping her distance i mean she looked clean bar 1 i would put her in second place of the most technical boxer of the night okay all right but i'll we'll get to that in a second however i will say I am so glad to see her come back this year because mm-hmm. it was exactly what I saw last year. Everyone was so focused in the in the Justin Minx fight that Haley got in there last minute and was just losing, but that's not what I saw. And I said it then and I'd say it again. I said it in the pre-show and I say it again afterwards. It's like I saw good core technicals, keeping guard up, like doing keeping her head moving, like there was some real training there. There was some real discipline there and there was some real control in the fight. And that's what's more important in a fight is just keeping in control. And then in this fight, yeah, you saw it. Marisha was definitely the crowd favorite. Yeah. Definitely. Hundred percent. You could hear it in there. But Haley, like you said, was sharp and was able to keep that control and like control the fight. And therefore, yeah. like, control the pace of the fight. Keep Marisha on her back foot. And it's not like Marisha was not performing admirably. But Haley was four for those four rounds. She was the same level of performance all throughout. It was only the fifth round that she, her guard started to drop a little bit. But mm-hmm. at that point, she had she had the match uh, going into the fifth. It was only going to be a knockdown that was going to change the outcome of anything. Yeah, and Marisha just powered through and stuck through the entire every round after round after round. And that was insanely admirable watching her completely stick through, fight through the pain, fight through the blows, continue to fight, and landed some good punches late too. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it, there was definitely like Haley was taking some hits there, especially as the the fight grew on. And it was one of those things where like I I was seeing this this attack from Haley so early, and by the end of the first round, I was worried that Marisha was actually gonna go down and like this fight might again end early. But no, it went the distance. So huge, huge respect to Marisha and Haley for both going the distance in that fight because it was an extremely entertaining fight. There was like there was pure boxing occurring in front of us. And it was just delightful to watch. Yeah. I'll let you lead into this next one. Okay. Aaron Hansen versus Jarvis Johnson. The start of the heavyweight division. And the start of some heavy hitters and some heavy hits. Yeah, they came out swinging. It was immediate. The 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 tone shifts of these fights can go up and down. But as we accelerate towards the end, you see more intensity in the boxing and what's occurring in front of you and Jarvis Johnson who in all the pre-show coverage and like you know in the promotional stuff you know was painted very much as a picture of like of this nice uh, calm energy I knew it was a front I knew it was a front I knew it was I knew there was it was all smoke and mirrors I knew something was going to be unleashed as soon as that bell rang and it, it, it was unleashed I mean it was just trading blows after blow just one right to the next and Jarvis would hit counter. And I mean, they were just swinging and trading punches. It was the suddenness of Jarvis's attack that really threw me off guard because Aaron crossed the ring, moving forward, showing good movement, discipline, wanted to close the gap. And then all of a sudden Jarvis was just like, <laughs> clearly not the same level of like technical skill, but you don't need technical skill when you can throw your 200 pound plus weight behind your fists and mm -hmm. Aaron was definitely feeling it um it was one of those things where it's like I actually think that in the first round Jarvis probably took that round mm -hmm. the first one but uh Jarvis couldn't like his endurance was going to tap him and I think his entire strategy was to try to overwhelm Aaron in the first round and see if he could wear him down enough. But Aaron has been training for two years in boxing. Yeah. He took hits from Harley. He took hits from Jarvis, and he ate him up, and he stayed on his feet, stayed stable, and kept taking him and kept going. So I was like, if he can get through this first round without falling down, he's got this. And second round came around, and it was that. He yeah. turned yeah. the tables over there on Jarvis. The article that I found said uh basically technique be damned. They're just throwing bombs. <laughs> <laughs> technique be damned. They're just throwing bombs. And they were. And that's that's totally like what it can come down to, especially like if you get in there and if your opponent is just throwing a flurry of blows, you can't even get in close. Sometimes you just got to wail them back. And I think that that damage in the first round, the slug fest of the first round, eroded away to Aaron being able to show technical discipline in the second round, keeping it together, keeping the guard up, keeping the movement, sticking to combos, moving around the punches, starting to dodge, and really getting in the flow of the fight. And once that started happening, Aaron started to commandeer the fight. I think it was uh, called in the second end of the second round, towards the end of the second round, or was it a third round fight? Second round. Towards the end of the second round, Aaron landed a pretty hard right hand on Jarvis, and yeah. Jarvis got a little bit wobbled, and the referee eventually came in after a slurry of blows um, to actually call the fight and stop, and yeah. stop it. Yeah, so it, it was just one of those things where very, very cool to see, and I'm super proud of Aaron and Jarvis for getting in there like yeah. I know how hard Aaron has been working and training and he's he he got a fair matchup this time instead of being matched up against Harley and I know we were razzing about like last year last year they kept talking about last year and then I pull up last year's stuff 
we show clips from last year, but no, he he performed very very well. I'm I'm super super excited about this. Um, but the next fight, I actually need you to take entirely because I missed all of it. Really? I didn't oh. see I didn't see a bit of it. All right. So this one, aside from having my favorites uh, of people that I enjoyed watching, if I take away all bias, this was hands down my favorite fight. Just on an outside perspective, getting rid of personal bias. This fight went the distance. And both kept pace all five rounds, trading blows, trading technical counters and everything. And this was uh, Michelle versus Andrea Botez. Michelle Carr, I think. Yeah. And it was just quick. The pace maintained. They were just absolute going at it, full-fledged. They looked the most conditioned. They looked the most, like, understanding of each other's advantages and opponents because Michelle was undersized. She had to get in close and went for a lot of body shots after leaning in close. There were tie-ups. They'd break apart. They'd counter after the tie-ups. It was the closest thing that I've seen in creator boxing to a professional style match without it being overly technical, but the pace maintained the conditioning was there and it was just an absolute slugfest with counters and they had strategy. It was that's my favorite part of boxing is the chess match that happens when you go to the corner and your coach talks to you and tells you what they're doing and how to counter that. And that's what I saw in this match through all five rounds. Mm -hmm. And that's what I loved about it. Yeah. And then the reason uh, I needed a recap of that is because I was I had to go behind the stage to uh, walk out with Ethan and it was a much longer wait than I thought. Because that fight lasted the entire time and it went to distance. And I was like, oh, damn. They didn't even have like a TV out there that I could watch that fight. And I was like, oh, come on, man. Yeah, Michelle ended up winning um, despite being the undersized opponent. But, I mean, it was it was an impressive decision. It ended up being unanimous. It was just the fact that Michelle was landing punches and making Andrea miss a mm. ton. Yeah. Um, I think the percentage of punches landed was like 50, just shy of 50% for Michelle and it was like 17% total from uh, Andrea. Uh-huh. It was wow. crazy. That is kind of crazy. Spring is here, and you can now get almost anything you need for your sunny days delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a well-groomed lawn delivered, but you can get a chicken parmesan delivered. A cabana? That's a no. But a banana? That's a yes. A nice tan? Sorry. Nope. But a box fan? Happily, Yes. A day of sunshine? No. A box of fine wines? Yes. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol in select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. Spectrum Business works with small businesses nationwide. So we know that running your own business means doing it all. Marketing, sales, inventory, customer service, and more. Spectrum One for Business helps you keep it all connected for just $49.99 a month. Get fast, reliable internet, advanced Wi-Fi with security shield, and a free mobile line for one low price. Stay connected and do it all with Spectrum One for Business. Only $49.99 a month. Go to spectrum.com slash business to learn more. Restrictions apply. Services not available in all areas. All right. But the next matchup, our boy, Ethan versus Leon Hart. Now, Leon Hart, I just want to say this. The walkout song for Leon Hart doing the Pokemon theme song with the actual singer of the theme song had everyone in the audience singing along, which was really, really cool. But then Ethan came out, of course. <laughs> yes. And I'm so glad that you say that because behind stage, 
incredibly annoying. <laughs> like just when these you because I I get it and you're a singer and you're doing your thing. He was live streaming the entire time. He was behind the stage, just walking back and forth up and down the hall. And I was just like, wow, okay, all right, that's weird. So he's live streaming and he's singing out loud in the middle of the hallway as both fighters are in the room, just trying to get in the zone. And uh -huh. he's just like on the live stream, just chatting up and just like, and it's like, all right, I guess we're not going to focus now. I guess this is not what we're doing. <laughs> and I'm not even fighting. I'm just like, for both of them, for both like Ethan and Leonardo, I'm like, uh, shouldn't we be kind of quiet and let them get in their head space that they need to be for the fight? Nope. On the live stream, bad it, man. I was like, all right, okay. Yeah, so... I'm sure the performance is great. I didn't see it because I was blindsided, but backstage, very annoying. <laughs> Incredibly annoying. <laughs> anyway, uh, but then the fight. Yes. The fight. And I said this a million times, and I hope Leonhard doesn't like think that we think negatively of his ability to box. He he came out as a favorite, and he was favorite for a reason because he said he's practiced with it, but also like he had a kid and, and whatnot. So there was some question about that, but he was still like he was like more muscular. Uh, he was slightly taller and like had some prior experience, which does hold weight. And yet that guy in the first round hit air. Mm -hmm. He hit air. Air Ethan was dodging, and that was beautiful to see because you and I both know how hard Ethan trained. He yeah. trained incredibly hard, and he wanted it so badly. He wanted it badly, and um, it's just he like had, I know it's a charity exhibition, but he wanted it. What was it? I was gonna say he looked really good. His technique was uh, a bit peculiar. He had a lot of weight on his front foot, but it had to do with his strategy because he needed to get in close, and he did something that boxers often need to do. And this is was the greatest thing about his technique, is the the greatest advantage you have to make somebody unbalanced and unstable, and basically questioning their own technique and strategy is if you work the body and go to the head, and work the body and go to the head, and keep switching between the two. And that's what Ethan did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and I think like that's that's definitely a solid strategy to come through, but it cannot be overstated. Just like this is why I said that he in the terms of technical fighting, I think that Ethan showed the best is because he controlled the fight from a defensive position. Mm -hmm. And that is one of those things that is just extraordinarily cool to see in this level of boxing is just like you are waiting for your opportunity to strike. And when you're talking like the chess match of mm -hmm. boxing and that first round of just like getting into it. And, and of course, like he took some hits. I'm not saying he didn't, uh, but when you looked at like the hit percentage of, of the fight, he made Leonhardt expend so much more energy in the yeah. first round. And that, that kept it in his favor. Cause like Ethan's conditioning was definitely there. So was Leonhardt's. It's not like the conditioning thing, but it left Leonhardt open because he was overreaching, trying to make these hits, and then by the second round, when he's trying harder to get these hits to land, he is because he's getting his, frustrated, getting frustrated, getting sloppy, leaving openings, and that's I think what Ethan took advantage of when he was able to start unleashing those combos and getting those headshots. Now, to be fair, Ethan hit Leonardo in the back of the head. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. it cannot be hidden. I didn't see it from my hit. I saw on the replays, and then I went like, Ooh. but it happened once maybe twice and hitting in the back of that is a very dangerous thing to do it can yeah. lead to so much more damage and, and and it's a heat of the moment thing like he was aiming obviously for the side 
Leonard was rolling away and it's it was an incidental thing. It's not like reaching around and trying to like, I'm going to hit you in the back. Yeah, it's like exposed back head. You are supposed to avoid that as as hard as you can. And it was when Leonhart was unbalanced. So he turned his head and faced away from the opponent that, you know, there's a lot of different factors that happen within a fight. And I know for a fact that it was accidental. But I remember Leonhart talking to me about it after the fight even. And he was like, yeah, that made me a little bit dizzy. And then he started hearing the crowd. And, yeah, and, <laughs> and that that really was, it's a psychological thing. The crowd definitely was on Ethan's side. Yeah. I definitely was on Ethan's side. Same. And I I tried to be impartial in the pre-show, post-show, but when I was down there in the crowd, uh, like I didn't realize how insane I was until people posted those videos of me. And I was just like, I thought everyone around me was the same level of energy, and they were definitely happy. I looked like a madman. I looked like I was losing my mind. And I was just like, I didn't realize it was that bad. <laughs> so. in, in all fairness, I was really excited, but I was so afraid to hit people because I felt so tight in the spot that I was. I was <laughs> that not I didn't afraid, apparently. I was, I was throwing my fists everywhere. Uh, I don't remember any of that. Uh, well, that, but. That's also the funniest part is in all of those posts and videos, it's like I'm perfectly just off the side where it gets cut off because I could see Catherine and then I'm like <laughs> off the picture the video and so it was mm -hmm. cracking me up every time i saw one there and then the hugs at the end when everybody's like wait is that tyler yeah yeah oh man it was really but funny still it was a real the like for me anyway and, and i'm super biased but the energy in that fight was fantastic it was yeah one of my favorite fights of the night not just because easton was there because leonhart was performing he was yeah. performing it was just like the strategy just lined up perfectly for ethan to create like the opportunity for him to really take it. It wasn't like a first round finish. It was third round, I believe. Third yeah, round. It went yeah. to the third, third round. Third round. And yes, there were some hits at the back of the head. You, you don't like to see that, but it came because there was a hit to the face first. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was, so, it was usually during Lee and Hart's already stumbling. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, but at the same time, proud of Ethan, you did well, proud of Leonhardt like did well. It can be so disheartening. I can only I've never been in that situation. If everyone yeah. if you're down on the ground and everyone is chanting the other person's name, that's got to feel bad. And yeah. I I I don't like hearing about that. Um and I I apologize for being heavily in Ethan's corner. Uh I I know he's a good guy or I think he is. I've never had a chance to really talk with him, but I met him in the hotel lobby beforehand and it's just, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, I still think Ethan would have won that fight if it went the distance. Yeah, well, absolutely. <laughs> there was no question about that. It's not, like it is the thing, but it's like you never want to shit on anybody for Correct. putting in Correct. the effort, especially when he did. So, it was, and they they definitely put in like Leonhart put in the work again. Both Leonhart and Ethan are friends. Like a lot of respect for both of them for entering the ring. But seeing Ethan step in there, being the massive underdog, there apparently there was a one like gambling site that had stuff, and he was listed as a massive underdog. Oh yeah, I think it was. It was so good to see him showcase his ability. You could see the focus in him coming from his upbringing with gymnastics and all the stuff that he's been put through. Definitely uh, hats off to to Ethan for his performance. And he mm. really hyped the crowd afterwards. And it was so good to see him victorious. It gave the crowd what they wanted, which was excitement. And I think that yeah. that fight, both of them can walk away very, very proud because yes. they, they made it one of the most exciting fights of the night. But they wasn't the only one. We have two more. Speaking of exciting fight of the night. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Harley versus John Randall Hennigan. I I just. All right. So, John, John did your normal entrance. He walked down the tunnel, right? Mm -hmm. But Harley. Oh. oh, oh, that entrance. 
Oh, best entrance of the night, bar uh, none. One thousand percent. My favorite moment of the night is not Ethan winning. Yeah, I have to say, I have to say, it's not because I could replay this moment. Uh, you said it. it's it's so. I gotta it's go look so up a clip good. of it. It's so good. Uh, Will, if you can find it, please show video of Harley falling out of the ring. Also show his entrance because his entrance was super cool. But well, I was looking to the the entrance ramp, gentlemen, but I. I don't, I don't see Harley up there. Wait. Oh, he might have run away scared. Hold on, what? Oh, is that? <laughs> Harley's in the crowd. Oh my goodness. Harley is in the crowd looking like a shield member or solid snake. I don't know, Charlie, what is going on here? I'm not quite sure. This is just a psychopath out there. The man of the people making his way in. The sauce boss is headed to the ring. Here is the raid replay. And again, you see that right hand. He falls into us here at the commentary desk. Thank God that Harley's okay, though. That that could have really been bad. But yeah, that's not a that's not a small fall at all. Not at all. And that's a big man. It actually look at us there. We're trying we're trying to help him out. Charlie, dive at anybody. I don't want to hear. Oh my God, his entrance! What an entrance! It was really funny because um, two of the Cloak staff were there that I know because of uh, doing modeling for Cloak. And they yeah. both messaged me at the same time. I didn't know you were fighting because I Harley has the long kind of curly hair. And they were like oh. trying to say I look like Harley. And I'm like, the man's a giant. <laughs> mm -hmm. That man is a giant, but it did him no good that night because he was trounced. He was trounced. Upon. He was punched out of the ring. <laughs> Punched out of the ring, punched out of his soul. Uh, yeah, John Randall Hannigan was coming in strong, and he is obviously a very strong guy, big dude. Harley is not a weak dude either. No, um, but and and I would not say that John had like the best technical ability. Well, like I said, I've said multiple times, you don't need the perfect technical ability when you can throw haymakers that are going to knock a two hundred and forty pound man out of the ring. Yeah. Or he fought at 220, maybe. I forget what he uh, Something like that. But he was, yeah. he was, John was throwing massive, massive body shots and mm -hmm. was working his way in close because that was the one advantage Harley had was if he could keep his distance with this jab and move around the ring. And Harley was just like, Harley just got bull rushed by John. That's pretty mm -hmm. much what happened the majority of that fight is John just came in and just started hammering at him, w walking through the blows that Harley was throwing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that fight ended, I believe, third round. Yeah, third round KO. The the mm -hmm. fight was stopped in the third round. It's just one of those things where a very entertaining. I was worried about it before, but it ended well. It started well. It was well, and it ended well. And it's got like one of my favorite clips of all time. <laughs> uh, yeah, Harley landing on. Uh, I don't remember who it was landing on their lap. It was just like it was uh, the the three ringside announcers who are clearly inferior to the pre and post show team. Uh, pre and post show <laughs> team on that one would have caught, would have caught him, lifted him, thrown him back in the ring. That's that's what the pre and post show team. Harley even said afterwards because I talked to him uh, on gala night and he was afraid that he would land on moist critical and yeah. squish him like a buck. <laughs> He just was like, he was so confused where he was. And he was like, oh, is everyone else okay? <laughs> nah, Charlie would have thrown him back. He could bench press two Harleys. He's no problem. No problem. <laughs> All right. Then the main event. But before the main event, we had the national anthem. 
We did have the national anthem, which was, I, I have an inside scoop. I just told the guys about this, but I'll tell you about this as well. I was down in the uh, little cafeteria area where there was food and the security guards were given their security briefing and kind of run a show going over everything. And they, when they got to that part of it, they were very funny across the board, just like talking about creators and like, I don't get it. Why are they here? But when they got to that point and they were like, this guy was like, I know some of you have served and uh, I, I hate to say this because it happened last year and it's going to happen again this year. I don't know. I don't get it that they're, they're paying for the event. If you, they're going to sing the national anthem now and they're going to do it bad. And I, if you want to walk out at that point, hey, I, I tip my hat to you. It's totally fine. It's like he was preparing them for like the disrespect. Yeah. To the national <laughs> but I'm like, they did a great job. That was that was an incredible rendition. I, I loved every part of it. Yeah, and there was a there was a judge, um, one of the the referees that was standing behind them, and you could just see him getting more and more angry watching it happen. Mm-hmm. And um, Matt told me after the event that the guy had walked up to him and was like, "What the hell was that?" <laughs> he, was, <laughs> he he just felt so like personally attacked by what they did, and I was like, "They, I mean, the audience sang the whole song. Like it wasn't. Yeah, that, I know, right? It wasn't. It wasn't that bad. No, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't like the other night though, where or the other one in the previous uh, fight where uh, you have." Um, them stop and start over and stop and start over and stop and start over and it'd be just truly terrible the entire way through uh which is just a an interesting rendition of it but at the same time like when he when matt ripped his chest open to show he bled red white and blue (laughs) i respected every part of that especially the kiss you know the kiss really sold it too you know he showed that love for america yeah oh Nothing but love in our America. In you know our I mean? America. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now we're to the main event. <laughs> All right. The main event. A wonderful fight <laughs> with a. F- uh, it wasn't even part of the fight that makes me. Anyway, you you start it. <laughs> um, I mean. You know, they they came out throwing blows. There was a lot of jabs, a lot of good hits to the face. Um, Alex definitely showed a lot of uh, quickness, being able to avoid Idub's hits. Good movement throughout the ring. They lasted all five rounds, and uh, you know, Ian was pretty bloodied. Alex really, after the fight, didn't look licked that much, but. I mean, it it was still a difficult decision. Both were landing blows to the body. Both were landing blows to the face. And it ended up being a major decision with one judge scoring at 38-38 and the other two scoring at 39-37 in favor of Alex Wasabi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I like the fight. Don't get me wrong. I like the fight itself is nice. And I have personal opinions because this is something that I would never do. It was the putting Ian on the spot yeah. about doing another fight. Yeah, that, afterwards. And it's like, this is the kind of thing... It's like a proposal. You don't go into those in front of hundreds of thousand people and put them on the spot to fight again. And I, I even said this in the post show because like this irked me because I get it. The hype and you're like, no, come on, one more fight. And it's like, I know the toll that putting these shows on has put on Ian and Anissa and all of their close friends. Without and, and even the, the fighting aspect. The, exactly, just the making exactly. the event. It, they, when they went in the first one, I know that they were like, when we get this done and then never again, like it's going to be one and done. And then they did another. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's an incredible amount of stress. And I get the hype. You want to do more. Like if, especially like Alex was just like, yeah, more. 
it puts someone on the spot mm-hmm. and when in a way where they were probably just about to announce their retirement mm-hmm. who does that who does that where you hear a rumor about that and you're like oh i know better than them look at all this fun we're having you why get in the ring and get your your brains knocked out one more time go up against the toughest opponent again Ian. train again for another whole year what's another year one more fight and i get a lot of people were very emotional about it and they got into it but it's like man fucking let people control their own fate yeah, and don't put them on the spot to where if they say what they want to do that's not in favor of what you're hyping everybody up for that they're going to look bad. Yeah. I I I got irked by that cuz I even said something when we were in the seats cuz you were you were gone. Um mm-hmm. and I was like that that's not the way to do that. That's undue pressure. Maybe maybe he they wanted to do it, but give them the chance to make that decision. Don't apply an arena full of people pressuring them to say yes. Yeah, exactly. However, I also don't know Ian's true feelings and I don't know what he wants to do. And it's up to him and not me or anyone else to do that. If he wants to retire, that's all more power to him. If he wants to do it again, more power to him. I hope I can be there again doing the pre-show. Right ring side. We'll be on the opposite side of the ring. We'll kick the judge out and we'll just do the pre and post show right by the ring. We'll have two commentary tracks. You can pick your favorite. Maybe maybe we just get a catwalk and you guys are just above the ring, you know? Yeah, if we could be floating like on suspended wires the whole time, dancing in and out. People can donate money to lower us so that we'll be in the way of the punches and we'll just go, like, <laughs> oh, oh, no. Yeah. Speaking of which, Harley did get hit in the back of the head from a camera. Oh, yeah. During well, their fight. Uh, I forgot about that. No, that's not how to say it. A camera got hit yeah. by Harley. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I th- I'd worry about the camera as opposed to uh, uh, like Harley. But no, yeah, no, that couldn't have felt good for Harley there. No, because that he, he I think he mentioned that on Twitter like a couple days after the fact. But at the same time. For the, we didn't even talk about the fight itself. No, like with Alex and Ian, um, uh, the fight was great. Like it was a tough fight. I yeah. I talked about it in the post show. I get I like, and again, I'm not a boxer, so I can't speak to anything. I I think that in the third round, it was clearly showing that Alex was starting to feel it and getting tired. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ian took that round. Ian took that round clearly. Yeah. And Alex's only strategy was to try to tie Ian up every single second that he could just tie him up tie him up tying up and that's yeah that was that was the late rounds yeah it's not fun to watch it's not fun to see it's a strategy of desperation but it it paid off like it it paid off and alex was able to come back and win the next round and then Mm -hmm. therefore change it from what would have been a draw into a win and that is how that goes but that's just i'm not a boxer so what do i know like I, I'm not getting in that ring, so take my opinion for what it is. Worthless. All in all, the event was incredible. Yes, um, exactly. I had so much fun being able to go. Um, huge shout out to Real Good Touring for putting on the event. Emily Arena staff for what they did for it. Obviously, Ian and Anissa absolutely making this into an amazing event, even building off of last year. I mean, it was truly incredible. It was in an immense amount of fun through and through for all the invitees. And from what I heard from everybody who paid for a ticket, it was just a fun, fun time. It was a very fun event. I'm glad I went. I'm not terribly happy for the travel of going there, but I am glad I went. I was glad I could be there. Uh, Who knows if there's going to be another one? Nobody knows, 
but the people in charge, just as it should be. So stay tuned. Whenever they decide to announce or not announce, you might want to pay attention. My favorite part was definitely um, after Ethan won, being able to celebrate, and he went down and hugged everyone, and that was really cool. That was really cool. But Harley getting thrown out of the ring was a pretty cool moment. That was also really cool. And his entrance being Solid Snake coming from the crowd. Yes, that was also very good. Beautiful. Very good stuff. All right, well, I think that'll do it for this episode. Tyler, you can go rest up, take it easy, get some uh, health. Yes, I have been working on that with my tea and my on my second box of tissues and oh tested negative for covid but it feels like covid so uh well at least there's that so uh hope you get better and thank you everybody for watching listening no i will not be boxing don't ask i don't want to i just am an uh, an observer i want to but i can't i don't and i won't anyway go check out the store uh store.gmfst.com um, we have foam fingers. They're in oh, the store. They're up there now. Th- they will be when this this airs, but they're, they're not up there yet. now. Yes, they're up there now. Wow, I see them. I'm on store.gmfst.com and I see them with my eyes. You've got these awesome XXL shirts. You got the Eye Finger Sports hat and the Eye Finger Sports tee, mm-hmm. and uh, more stuff will be continuing to come soon. Make sure and check out the pins too. Take advantage of the Elegant Listener Collection bundle while it's still available. All right, sounds good. But um, go check out Mark over on his stuff. Make sure and stay tuned for when his movie hits theaters. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And you can check out my stuff at Apocalypse underscore twelve everywhere on socials. So, but uh, for now, we'll uh, we'll see you next week on Go. All right.